heard me crying. I was crying. I wanted to be up here so much with you. Uh, this is the, our third week here, but the first time we've been up here all together. So I just wanted to introduce uh, my family here. Uh, this is Harper. She's four, and she's holding Tyge. Uh This is Evan, and she's two. She's holding Precious. And this is Jen. She's 28. Uh, <laughs> at, at some point, I'm going to have to stop doing that. All right. You are excused. So thank you, and thanks for sharing that song with us. And everyone else gets to stay for a couple hours. <laughs> um, I want to start out uh, with a story, the, uh, the creation story. Now, some of you have heard the creation story, but it's going to be a little bit different today. And so on the first day, God created the dog. He said to uh, bark, uh, sit by the front door and bark when anyone comes by. And he said, for this, I will give you 20 years. The dog said, well, that's a long time. How about, how about I'll take 10, and I'll give you 10 back? So God agreed. Then on the second day, God created the monkey. He said, uh, entertain people, make them laugh, do tricks. For that, I'll give you 20 years. Same thing. Uh, he said, that's a, that's a long time. How about I give 10 back? Uh, so God agreed. Then on the third day, God created the cow. He said to uh, uh, go out in the sun with a farmer and work really hard, have calves, produce milk. It's going to be a tough life. I'll give you 60 years. The cow said, no, that's, that's a long time. How about I'll take, I'll take uh, 20 and I'll give you 40 back. And so God agreed. And then on the fourth day, God created man. He said, eat, sleep, play, and be merry. For this I will give you 20 years. Man said, well, that's, that's a really nice offer, nice life, but how about uh, I'll take my 20 years and the 40 years that, you gave, that the cow gave back and the 10 years the, the monkey gave back and the 10 years the dog gave back. 80 years, all right? God agreed, but he said, all right, but you asked for it. And so that's why for the first 20 years, we eat, sleep, play, and, and have fun. Teenagers, you know what I'm talking about. The next 40 years, uh, we work hard and we provide for our families. The next 10 years, we uh, do monkey tricks to entertain our grandchildren. And the last 10 years, we sit on the front porch and bark at anyone who comes by. <laughs> Life has now been explained to you. All right, well, today I want to talk about, about life. I want to talk about uh, some good. Um, right now, uh, you saw my, my wife and uh, my two young girls. Uh, I'm, my life's going pretty well right now. I got to get to come back to my hometown, uh, home church, so a lot of good things. But I know that's not always going to be the case. It's not always going to be good. Uh, I know there's challenges. There will be more challenges in my future, in, uh, in all of our uh, future. Life sometimes can be great, and sometimes it can be hard. And so today I want to look at a, at a man who lived in, less, he lived in less than ideal circumstances. His life was tough. And he met another man, Jesus, who made an offer. And so let's, let's look at this story. It's in John chapter 5, beginning in verse 1. It says, Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed, some manuscripts include here wholly or in part, and they waited for the moving of the waters. From time to time, an angel of the Lord would come down and stir up the waters. The first one into the pool after each such disturbance would be cured of whatever disease they had. And so what we see here was uh, there was a pool, or likely two pools, 
in what today is St. Anne's Monastery. And so uh, the setting here is there's, there's a pool or, or two. Uh, sometimes the water moves, and uh, there were people with disabilities that would hang around and wait for the movement and think if they got in, uh, then they would be healed. But verse 4, or lack of, is important here. See, this verse was not included in the original manuscripts, but likely later added by a scribe who knew why they were hanging around the pool. And so we acknowledge that the water did move, but it was probably just a spring, um, and that it was only a superstition that the angels would, would make the water move, and that it would heal you if you got in. And so that's the setting of the story, and now we get to the encounter between this man and Jesus. John, John 5, go back, or go to verse 5. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in the condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me get into the pool when the water is stirred. While I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. And once the man was cured, he picked up his mat and walked. Yet another amazing story between Jesus and someone who is broken, someone who is hurting, someone who is living a life that doesn't feel so, so perfect right now. Can you remember life without Jesus? Uh, can you remember uh, what it was when you, when you realized how broken you were? The only appropriate response when you feel that brokenness is, well, what's going to make it better? What will heal me? What will save me? What, where is this good life? Where does the perfection come? come from. So we, we can find it in Jesus. We'll see how this man does this. And so what we learned from this story, uh, first from verse 5, one who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. Number one, you don't always get to choose your circumstances. Now this, this isn't fun. This is hard. Life can be very hard. We know this. This man was lame or paralyzed for 38 years. I don't know how old he was, if he was born this way and he was 38 years old, or if he's uh, 58 and he's been this way since he was 20. I'm not for sure about that, but I know 38 years can, can be a long time. It can go by quick, but when things aren't going well, it can feel like an eternity. And so what circumstances then are you facing today? What, what challenges? Is it, is it job loss? Are you uh, uncertain? Uh, is it sickness? Maybe you, you just don't even know right now. Um, it's uncertainty. Maybe it's the death of a loved one. Uh, it could be from decisions other people make. Our, our bosses make decisions that we don't always like. Our children make decisions that we don't always like. Our spouses make decisions we don't always like. Our parents make decisions we don't always like. If we could just be in complete control and choose how it all would play out, wouldn't that be perfect? Wouldn't it be great if I could control myself and everyone else? That would make my life great. Or would it? See, let's look at the control that this man had. Verse 6, when Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? So number two, you do get to choose your condition. Uh, you don't always get to choose your circumstances. You don't get to choose how life is, the things around you, but you do choose how you respond. Your circumstances can be from other people. The relational, financial, medical, all these circumstances may be because of someone else's decision, and it's not fair. It's not fun. It's not easy. But our condition is not someone else's fault. How we respond to what's around us is not on someone else. That's only on us. See, Jesus asked this man, he said, do you want to get well? Seems like a pretty 
easy question. Who wouldn't? What kind of question of this, is this? But do you want to be the victim for forever? Do you want the sympathy from other people? Uh, do, you, do you want someone else to take care of you? Maybe he thought, well, if I'm this way, then I'm eating and, and drinking. I mean, the man has lived for at least 38 years this way. Other people get to take care of him. He doesn't have to uh, worry about the stress of providing for himself or anyone else. Maybe he just doesn't want life to change at this point. So do you want to get well? As much as it's hard to accept this sometimes, you, you, you have a choice in, in your condition and how you live, whether you're going to remain sad. Uh, sometimes the circumstances are too great. I get that. Uh, you have a choice to be mad about things or, or to move on. You have a choice to be jealous or to let go of that. You have a choice to remain in your addictions or to fight them. It's not always going to be easy, but you do have a choice. You, you can't blame other people for your condition, only for the circumstances that may, maybe led you in a, in a direction that you wouldn't want to be in. So you choose your attitude and how you respond to any circumstances, only you. And that's why, the, that's why Jesus is asking this man this question, because, well, of course he does, but, but really, does he? Has he thought about this? Has this man in his condition thought for a long time, am I ready to, to get well? Is, uh, if, if the opportunity were there, would I take it? We can find reasons not to follow the Bible, serve the needy, stand up for the oppressed. We can justify living in sin. We can choose our way because it's what works for us, and that's, that's how I'm getting along right now. Maybe it's a defense mechanism. Maybe it's just the way I like things to be. Or maybe it was something really bad. Something really bad happened to you. You could be ex experiencing tremendous grief, and pain, sadness, depression, fear, guilt. Maybe even something you've done, done to yourself or done to someone else. And it's really bad, and there's just no light at the end of the tunnel. But at some point, you'll have to consider the question if you want to get well. The question may not be for you today. Maybe it's too soon. Maybe you're not ready to even think about this, about getting well. Maybe it's not for you this year or, or next year. I don't, I don't know. I'm not trying to help lead anyone into that, only to consider it. See, Moses was in, uh, was, well, after the Exodus... For 38 to 40 years, it was pretty tough. Different circumstances than this man who was paralyzed, but very, very challenging circumstances for 38 years. And Moses wrote this. He wrote in Psalm 90, beginning in verse 10. He said, Our days may come to 70 years or 80 if our strength endures, yet the best of, it, uh, the best of them are but trouble and sorrow, for they quickly pass and we fly away. Kind of, it's kind of depressing there. It's one of my favorite psalms. It's pretty depressing up to that point. You say, hey, you might live a long time if your strength you know, keeps you that way, um, but it's pretty much all bad. That's, that's what he's saying. But then he says this in verse 12. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And then down in verse 17, establish the work of our hands. Yeah, life's tough. There's going to be challenges. God, I need you to help me. I need, I need direction and and how I'm supposed to do this. Moses said, teach us. Help us to know how to live. We all think, you know, life could, be a long, could feel like it's really long, or sometimes it can feel like it just flashes by. We need help, and that's what Moses is asking for. And so how will you make, how will you make the most of today and tomorrow and the next day? Because this man in the story was not looking ahead. See, just like what we naturally do, he looked back at his circumstances. He looked, at, he looked around, and he looked back, as to, as to how his future would be. See, verse 7, he says this, 
Sir, the invalid replied, I have, or he said, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm, get, while I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. He's making excuses. I'm just going gonna, gonna to blame everyone else for my condition, for me not getting well. But that question meant so much. So number three, your past does not have to determine your future. Yeah, what has happened in the past, it can have great impact, great effects, but it does not determine your future. The man near the pool had, had no one help him. No one had helped him into the water, in this water that he believed would heal him for at least for 38 years. At some point, he just gave up. See, this man is still living uh, right now, so we know that he ate and drank. How could he have gone 38 years without finding a way to just at least just fall into the pool, get close, you know, uh, or, or get help from someone else, whoever's giving him food and water? Why wouldn't he have just somehow got them to get him into the water, not for like two weeks, but 38 years? It's because his hope was all gone. We know it was gone because if it were not, when Jesus said, do you want to get well? He would have said, well, of course, yeah, hey, grab onto my shoulders. I want you to dip me into the pool when it stirs. No, it was like he, he forgot about that. He moved on from that. His forward thinking was gone. His hope was gone. The man at the pool was looking at the past. He was looking at his circumstances, and he, he was even pointing fingers to all those around him. He was blaming everything else. So do you want to get well? What's it going to take? I'm not asking you to, to try to think of what it's going to take to make everything perfect and right and happy. It's, it's just not going to go away like that. I'm not trying to, to preach a self-help sermon that you can do this by yourself. See, if that were the case, then that text would have said something completely different. It would have said the man dipped himself into the pool and he was healed. See, that would have been self-help, but it wasn't going to happen that way. No, he needed, he needed something more. What I'm asking you to do is only to consider looking ahead. Teach us to number our days that we can gain a heart of wisdom. How should you live this week, next week, the rest of your life? What decisions need to be made? I hope that this, this story speaks to your situation today. I know everyone's circumstances are different. The challenges are different. The fears, uh, some things that haven't even happened yet. Life is different for all of us, but I want this story to point us all into the same direction. So we'll finish the text and look at that, what that direction is. Verse 8, then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. And once the man was cured, he picked up his mat and walked. Number four, Jesus wants you to be well. Now that seems obvious. You know, Jesus, why wouldn't he? Now he, he wants us to know it. He's, he gives us constant reminders. It's why we need to stay in the Bible, that we need to keep reading to understand God's truths and not just what, what I think or, or what I believe because of my circumstances or everyone else makes fun of me and no one else cares about me, so why would Jesus be any different? Now we have to go back to the truth. Second, for the person who is grieving, Jesus wants you to be comforted. 2 Corinthians 1, 3 and 4, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. So God wants us to be comforted, but he also wants us, when, when things are going well in my life, I need to be looking around. Who else is hurting right now? Who, need, who needs a little support? Who needs some encouragement? I'm comforted, not so I can just enjoy it, but so I can enjoy it and, and try to reach out to those around me. For the person who is broken, 
Jesus wants you to find peace. John 16:33. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. All disciples of Jesus, he's, he's speaking to all of us. You will have trouble. Not they're going to have trouble, but they're not, and you might have trouble, I don't know. No, you will have trouble. But Jesus says, hey, it's okay, I have overcome the world. He's pointing to something better, and we'll get to that. For the, for the person who is overwhelmed, just exhausted, I don't know if I can go on anymore. Jesus wants you to find rest. Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. And if everything else is going well, but you're just kind of lost, I just don't know how I'm supposed to do this. Jesus offers a better way. Luke 9, 23, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. Simple, we follow Jesus every day ahead of our own, own desires and our wants. Matthew six thirty three. but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. The comfort's there. He's, he's telling us, how do you do it? How do we follow? How do we follow Jesus? Seek his kingdom, what he's about, his righteousness, and, and the, the worries will be gone. It doesn't mean life's going to be perfect. It doesn't mean the circumstances are going to change, but the condition can, can change. See, when the man, when the man at, the, at the pool had no more hope to move forward, when life didn't seem like it could offer any good, this was it. Jesus stepped in and gave the man exactly what he couldn't do for himself. And that's exactly what Jesus offers us today. The comfort, the peace, the rest, all those offers are there. Those are great. We all need those at times. The direction, also good. He takes away the burden. He says it's light. Uh, he tells us even how to follow him. But what are, we, what are we really looking? Why are we doing all this? Why are we trusting him? See, I want to share one last short passage that Paul writes as he is, his circumstances were horrible, but he still was choosing to follow Jesus, and here's why. Colossians 3, 1 through 4. Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died. Your life is now hidden with Christ and God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. See that last part? then you also will appear with him in glory. That's when the good's coming here. It's not always about just looking forward for the rest of my life here, but set your minds on things above, looking upward. I mean, it, obviously, forward in our time sense, when we leave here, we go to heaven, that is forward, but, but we can just think of, well, when I retire, or how do I set myself up for when my kids are ready to go to school? All those things are important, but I need to be thinking about more, eternity, what really matters? And just like with Paul, just with me, with, that, with all of us, this isn't easy. This isn't like a one-time thing. You heard this, you make this decision, you answer the question, you're good to go. It's, it's all going to be a cakewalk. No, no, I, I worry. Uh, sometimes I have guilt and shame. Sometimes I have, I have pain. Uh, like I said, my life's going pretty well, but I know that I could change today or tomorrow. So uh, I have fear. I have fear of the unknown. This is not a one-time decision. The perfection doesn't come until we get to heaven. I don't know, I don't know what that's going to be like, but I have reason to trust that it's going to be great, that it's going to be perfect. And for now, while we're here, 
we can go on this journey together. We can encourage one another to seek his kingdom and to share the gospel. I'm very grateful to be back home at the Mount Pulaski Christian Church and in this community. Uh, there's, I have so many, I have a lot of family here and, and friends and just relationships. And there's some people I don't know well, but I'm really excited uh, for this opportunity to, to get to know more people and to grow in, in not just, uh, hopefully not just Sunday morning, how's it going, but, but meaningful relationships because we can, we can live this life more effectively and we can, we can seek his direction and his kingdom and his righteousness a lot better if we do it together than if we try to just do it on our own. My mind's limited. All of our minds are so limited, but we put them together and we seek God's truth together. I think it can, it can work out so much better. The man we read about today, he received new life. The, the gift it was grace. The man simply had to pick up his mat and, and follow Jesus. That was faith. Uh, of all the great things that he offers us and that we read about today, this one is the best. New life. New life. Hope for something perfect forever. I can't imagine what that's going to be like. I love, you know, looking at different scriptures of Revelation 21. There'll be no more mourning, like not mourning, M-O-U-R, uh, sadness, crying, pain. All that's going to go away. The, the future glory will be revealed to us. I mean, there's just so much good things, but man, we, I just can't imagine. And it's, it's great that we can't imagine that on our own, that we can't uh, decide what we want heaven to be like, because it'll be so much better than we could ever even think of. And that's the offer, the new life that, that can begin now as we pursue this. The ultimate offer came from the ultimate gift because of the greatest act of love in history. See, the very God who created us came down and lived a perfect life, showed us, hey, this is how you follow me. This is the direction. This is what matters to me. Now follow me. And then it still wasn't enough, so he said, I'll do whatever it takes. I don't want to, but if this is what has to happen, this is what I'll do to give you life. And then he took the cross. He died on the cross uh, for our sins to give us the hope of new life. And so the love of the cross, that one act, the greatest act of love really in history, dying for all the sinners who, even the ones who rejected him and were putting him on the cross, the love of the cross. And then not only that, because I, a lot of people love each other. I mean, I love my kids a lot. A lot of people have great love for other people, but there's something else. The power of the resurrection, the power that even, even death couldn't hold Jesus down. The one thing that can stop all of us couldn't hold Jesus down. So the love and the power gives us the hope of eternity, the hope of, of perfection, the hope that we can't even fathom and that we know we can trust a loving and all-powerful God. And so I want to extend an invitation this morning in the form of a question. Do you want to get well? If, if yes, Jesus has made the same offer that he made this man, grace, the gift of life, and faith, will you put your trust in him? If today is the day that you would, you would like to accept this gift of new life, uh, I'd like to uh, extend the invitation that if you would come forward, either during the next song I'll be up here, uh, or at the end of the service, come forward and talk with me or uh, Mark or the prayer counselors or Garrett. So, all right, well, let's pray. Father God, thank you uh, so much uh, for the love that you've given to us, the, uh, the direction uh, of life, uh, all the, the, the gifts that you give us of comfort and peace. Um, but mostly, God, I thank you for showing us how much you love us. I thank you for the hope that you provided. Uh, we pray for all those uh, in, in the, in, uh, here today. I pray that 
um, that this message, this text, is just a reminder that, that you want to give us uh, a, a life of, um, uh, of purpose and meaning. And so, God, please, uh, please guide us as we move forward this week and to consider how, uh, how we will establish the, the work of our hands. Uh, we thank you again for your son and for your love. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.